you have a time period to build something that's going to be a demo that you're going to show people and you want to make them go, wow, look at that. And you've got this really tiny window to do it in. So if you build something that takes an hour for them to go through every bit of technicality, and the, 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 they're not going to because it's not what people do. It's so, it's a lesson that we st we're still learning because it's something it's 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 the it's an art for, form to be able to, to capture someone's attention in five minutes and go. I'm going to show you something that's going to make you go wow. This is Inside Indie Games. Join us behind the scenes to see what it takes to create a great indie company and to craft the games that people long to play. Adam Boyne is the co-founder and technical lead of Beta Jester. This Yorkshire-based games company were founded in 2015 by Adam and two of his fellow graduates, Ryan and Josh, all from the University of Hull. The trio's original plan was to spend four or five years working at established games companies before going on to launch their own one. But the general advice they got from folks in the industry was, if you want to do this, why not just do it now? This was further reinforced when the university offered them a year's free office space to help get them up and running. The opportunity to launch and grow a company without any initial rent or overheads, well, it was just too good to turn down. And in the June of 2015, they arrived for their first day at work as full-time games developers. And aside from starting the search for their first few clients, that also meant they could actually work on the one thing they wanted to do, which was develop a game. Adam explained that they just wanted to get something out there that had their own name on it. And that game ended up being an Android title by the name of Geometrics. So, how did that first effort perform once it was released out there into the wild? Today, as far as the last time I checked, it had about, it had about 200 players, which is not okay. a lot. <laughs> but that's because, one of the reasons that is because we didn't actually um, really advertise it. We just sort of released it um, because we could. Um, it wasn't really something that we released to be commercially successful or anything. We released it for yeah, yeah. we released it for the sake of releasing it. So we had something that we could go, hey, it's, look, I made that. Just to have it, yeah. But that that being said, um, a really a really interesting thing happened that year, which was um, my partner. Every year, her family has a big uh, Christmas party, which uh, I go to. And while I was there, I thought this was I, I had the game, and her her cousin's son was about he was. 10 or 11 uh, and really into gaming and that kind of thing so i was i was like hey you know i you know i've made a game um do you want to see what it is and he was like yeah yeah so i showed him i showed him the game and at this point we'd only had about 70 downloads um and i showed him the game and he said oh i've uh, i've seen this already which for me i was like so my first question was no no you have and then he was like no 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 i've seen i've seen i've, I've played this game already and it turned out that yeah. he had a friend at his school who like sort of new games and that kind of thing and used to go on the android store and look at the new games anything that was newly released and clearly ours had come up at some point so he downloaded it and played it and gone oh this is quite you know this is fun and showed some of his friends including what happened to be my um girlfriend's cousin's son which was <laughs> that which really floored me just the fact that this that my game had sort of our game had come out and somebody that was connected to me had played it independently of knowing that I had yeah. made it. And that was, that was, that was awesome. That was really good. That's a really nice validation, isn't it? When you find someone who's played one of your games and it was not you that pointed them towards it. Moving on to the actual running of a company though, that first year is absolutely vital for a business's long-term survival. 
But that's also the period where you're at your least experienced. I was interested to find out what support and mentorship avenues were open to the guys in those early days. So in our first year, we in particular, we got support from Paula from Paula Goldthorpe from the University of Hull, who was the, the head of the Enterprise Centre at the time. Um, and she gave us a lot of guidance in terms of, as a business, looking at it, us looking at it in terms of the direction that we wanted to take our company, what was our model, what was our plan. So her, her advice when we first started, when we sat and it was on the, the same day we decided to become a company, she said to us, if you want to do games, if you do contract work as well, you won't do games. Not not to the, not in the same way, not to the same extent. And at the time, we sort of we took it we took it on board, and we thought like, okay, we understand. We thought we understood, and only really over the years has it become clear that if you do contract work, the contract work is the thing that's going to be supporting you, and the games take a back seat. Um, now we uh, are very lucky that over we've 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 fought very hard to strike a balance between making our own games and um, being able to do contract work and get paid and you know eat eat things that are nicer than ramen noodles um <laughs> but what we've what i certainly i haven't i think i think um ryan and josh as well have learned over time is that what she was trying to get across and and now i understand is that they become the contracts you do become your focus because of course they do because that's where you're getting paid from you have to focus on them you know you've signed yeah, up to this yeah. agreement um, and as such, your your persistent work on games will suffer because you don't have the time. You don't have the time in office to work, sit and work on games all the time if you've got contract work to do. Um, and then what's one of the reasons I think we've had, we've got that first release game of, of Geometrics. And then since then, we've not, we've built games. We've built a lot of games and prototypes and we've gone for funding and we've been unsuccessful. Um, but we don't have another release game, which is why uh, Robert Basho is so important to us is because it's the game. It's a game that we've committed because of the position we're in. We were committed to getting that released because it's something that we want to do. We want to have that game out there. Um, and now we're in a position to do so because we've got um, some stability that we didn't have. But that's three years after we started and three years after the, the our first game was released. We're going to hopefully release, well, we should release our second game. Whereas yeah. that's quite a long period for most games companies. And it's, it's, it's something that at the time I thought I understood, but since then had sort of the things that she was saying when we first started have really sort of hit home over time. Um, which is, it's, it's, it's a thing that I've learned from, from, from a lot of mentors and, and a lot of teachings is that what you, the things that are the best advice you get is the advice that you only realize as great advice much much later on when you go oh i really yeah. should have listened to you when you said that i see i understand now um but that but so ironically it's the advice you can't you don't take it's the advice you don't take that's that's the thing is that you what it does is it teaches you to when people are giving you advice and you can see that they they, they, they know what they're talking about and they, they're advising you and they, they have an active interest in you succeeding that you need to take what they're saying to heart and really understand what they're trying to, the message they're getting across. Because ultimately, if you don't, yeah. it only serves to to cost you in the future if you're not listening. What would you do differently about that, though? Could you have jumped straight into your or doing into more of your own stuff, or was that contract work essential to keep you guys going? Oh, the, the contract work was absolutely essential. It's not. I don't think it was something that we could have done to reduce the contract work. It's actually more that we should have thought about the game. It's more about the fact that we were building the wrong kind of games, and that's something that we taught we learned ourselves okay. after Transfuser um, about 
what we should have been building. Because the thing is, the game that we did release, which was Geometrics, the reason we released it is because mm -hmm. it was a small game. Aside from the fact that we were doing lots of other bits and pieces and then we added multiplayer and other crazy things to it because we're crazy. Um, it was something that that, that I've, we've learned since is that if you want to get something out and in a reasonable space of time, especially if it's not something that you can get publishing publishing deals for, it needs to be small and it needs to be focused because those two those two things are more important than anything else for those type of games. For the sort of games where you're building it to release and get it out there and get it out to the world, it needs to be small because any game that you build is 10 times bigger than what you think it is. So if you go out there and build a open world RPG with crafting elements, that's already a big game. It will take you 10 times long. Even if you, th if you think it's going to take a year, it will take 10. Um, and if you try and build a one button, one mechanic click mobile game, and you think it will take you 10 days, it will still take you 100 days. Because it's just that's just the nature of it is that things happen, things change. Whether that's you you change how what you, you add you, you halfway through development you want to add something or or you go to release and you find out the platform rules have changed so you have to go and add things to your game or you need to go take all the screenshots and write a blurb and X Y Z marketing whatever it is it's gonna massively increase the amount of time it takes um, and that's a lesson that we sort of and, and have we learned that from the, have we known it from the start have we had someone sit down with us and go what's the goal here? If you want to do this and do that, the games you want to be making, you want to focus on smaller experiences because unless you're want, unless you committed to releasing this one game in four or five years time, which is absolutely, you know, there's people who do that all the time. That's absolutely, there's no, I have no problem with that. It's just for us, we know if the, our goal was to, our goal now is to have a release game. And the reason that we don't have a release game is because all the games tried to build were too big. Um, so it's something that, really I should have learned if I'd known that from the start someone come to me and said to get the games out there they need to be small and they need to be focused if that if your goal is to release a game it needs to be small and needs to be focused then that would have then that's I would have taken that to heart and build better things because of it something that I've seen come out talking to lots of people in the indie games industry is that maybe this is something I'm extrapolating and it might not be accurate but it seems to me that the people who start an indie games company after a fair few years in big companies whether it's AAA or whether it's a bit lower down they tend to be much more likely to have gone straight to their own game uh, through possibly networks maybe that's mm -hmm. what it is do you think do you think that's the case that if you're a student startup team for example at yourselves as opposed to somebody who's been in the industry for 10 years that it's much harder to go straight to your own game and maybe contract work is more relevant in that case absolutely absolutely because what one of the many of the many things that, that finances and investors and publishers are looking for is i mean well ultimately they're all looking for a return on investment that's a, that's the point um and that return the likelihood of that return is based on how much faith they have or how much how much faith they can gain from you as a person in your ability to do what you say you're going to do because it's ultimately it, it, it's a gamble uh, it's a bet it's a bet that you can produce what you say you're going to produce and it's going to turn around and make them more money than they're putting into it that's what they're expecting and when when you're an industry veteran you've got provable experience you've made you've made games you you know people you know this etc it's much easier 
to make to make the guess okay i think that this person is going to be able to do it because you know they they want to build a uh side scrolling game and all they've done for the last 6 years is work on triple a side scrolling games they probably know what they're doing that's fine it's much easier to, to to have the trust in that person than a student who's got hey i've got some examples of work and i've done i've got this great idea um but i need the finances to do it it's much easier to give it to the the veteran who's got provable demonstrable experience and can connect up with the people that have done it with them except and know the people who are going to help build them and build a team that's more reliable than a student or students who don't have that behind them it's still possible especially for people who have amazing ideas yeah. i've seen i've seen students come out with just the most stunning game ideas that i've ever seen and they can go and find funding because you ultimately ultimately it's one of the great things about games is you can blow somebody away with a mechanic you can show someone something go that's yeah. i have never yeah. seen that before that's unbelievable that's amazing and be successful from it from nowhere but <laughs> it's much harder the, the the further away from that you get towards more traditional uh or or variations on a theme the harder it is to prove you the more the more important it is that you're a safe a safe bet and the harder it is to prove that with the yes. less experience that you have <laughs> do you see people trying to well game that by you know early stage teams taking on somebody or working with somebody who has been in the industry for quite a few years but on an independent yeah definitely basis. i mean the whole area of sort of non-executive directors and working with people who know what they're talking about or and there are people out there who are excellent sort of business managers and and do that for a living you know they go they go from they go to small companies and new companies and go look i've done what you want to do get this game funded i've done that for this company this company this company let's work together you pay me to do it and i will help you find that um and that adds again that adds a legitimacy to that company that makes them a safer bet um and there's loads of people there's loads of people who do that it just depends again it depends on how and in what way you want to go about it because ultimately do you have the finances to pay that person have you found a person who will do it yeah. post uh post funding so they'll they'll work you to get the funding and when they get when they get you the funding they'll then take their percentage from it um are you willing to give yeah. away a proportion of your company to do it or a proportion of your project if uh, is that in proportion too big too small there's lots of questions over it mm -hmm. um but it's a legitimate route because ultimately what you're doing is you're paying yeah. for yeah. you're using whatever means you can to pay which is normally percentages uh, for someone who has the skills to do it. And then it just becomes, it's the age old question is, is what you're giving, I would you rather make less and give away nothing or make more? Do they, or will they make you enough that what you give them is not counterbalanced by that? That's mm, worth it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You've mentioned before that, in a similar sense, networks are what got you uh, one of the stuff, one of your big wins that you've talked to me before about the tr getting into Transfuser. Mm -hmm. Is you tell me a bit about that? How did networks? How did your networks help you get onto that program? So, when in my final year at university, when we were considering games industry and joining and that kind of thing, I started looking for the games industry, which sounds a little, a little bit sort of Indiana Jones, sort of searching in caves and hunting for where the games <laughs> industry lives. 
Um, but I did. I, I found. I found that. I found them in on Twitter. Is where a lot of the game industry sort of existed and continues to exist. Sort of <laughs> talking it. There's lots of things like uh, hashtag Indie Dev Hour and Screenshot Saturday and um, all these sorts of things. And that and and they're on there talking about you know giving advice to people and guiding people. And it was through that I found uh, Game Makers Yorkshire, which is a big sort of Yorkshire group for game developers. Um, of which the, requ- the requirement to join was that you had to have uh, released a game. But that requirement was you had to release any game. It didn't matter what it was. So I spent a month making Pong, uh, which I called Super Pong to differentiate it between regular <laughs> Pong. And it, made it, and it had touch controls. And I released it on the Windows Store um, and sent that to Gameo and said, look, I've made a game. Am I OK to join? And they said, yeah, absolutely. That's a game. That's fine. Um, and from that, we met so many different people in, in the industry from varying walks of life from people who, who worked at rockstar to sumo digital to ex-employees to new indie companies to veterans to journalists uh, all all just a whole host of people um which i mean sort of our network sort of squared overnight by this is one event that we went to um yeah. and we spoke to people we went out we went out with the mentality of we you know we want to be we want to ingratiate ourselves. We want to learn about this industry. And we met all these people. And from that, that and that was um, about a year and a half. That first Yami was about a year and a half before um, uh, we applied for Transfuser. And it was because it's through the network, I think through Twitter, I think, that I first learned about Transfuser. I think someone posted about it. I knew about the UK Games Fund. Um, but Transfuser was this new scheme for for, gra- for graduates, and we we fit in because we were only we had only just graduated in the, in the previous sort of six months. Um, and we you know we we thought okay, let's do we want to do this? We do. We spoke to our, the people that we knew in our network, sort of about advice and how we apply and, and what we should be saying, and um, you know what what was good about us that we can sort of highlight. And we applied for it, and. We have sort of applied for it on a wing and a prayer. We thought, you know, we're we're a, a small company um, that no one's really heard of um, beyond sort of our local network. Is it? You know, we'll apply for it and hopefully we get it. Be great, but if not, you know, that's fine. And we sort of, as we went on, we what happened is we got it, which was stunning, which was we were we were absolutely shocked at. But what came from that is the number of people after we got it and it was announced publicly that we got it, it was the number of people who sort of came forward. Um, and mentioned that they'd been part of the selection process. Um, and then we realized that we had met probably a third uh, to a half of all the sort of people in the selection process, which was a big, it was a big group of people that went part of the selection process. And it was purely through the act of networking and going out to events and, and making ourselves go out to events and sort of going to obscure events and big events and small events and just meeting people and introducing ourselves and talking about who we are and what we were doing that we actually by act not by act well not by acting because of the purpose but we got our name out much further than we'd realized and because of that we were in a position yeah. with when when something came up where they had to pick between all these different companies and people that were uh either unknown or small or not really people people weren't aware of them that we were one of those names that people went oh yeah i've heard of those guys they're they're all right and that was all it was. That was enough. That in that in that instance of that moment to get us into transfuser because we seemed like we could do what we said we were going to do, and that was yeah. it. Yeah. How did how did transfuser go? So transfuser was really interesting 
for us. So we were part of the first cohort in 2016. Um, so Transfuser was sort of, it was, it was a brand new for, for the UK Games talent. It was brand new for us. It was sort of finding its way. Um, and what we did is we took, we took, we, we read through, we already had an idea of, of, of the game we wanted to build when we applied, which we, you, you apply with, an, with a concept. Um, and well, with an idea, and then you develop that concept into a prototype over the, the sort of the 10, 12 weeks. And the idea that we had was what I now realize is, is, is was, a, was, was fundamentally flawed is that we decided to build something that was technically impressive in so much as it, it, we implemented every feature to, that we wanted to, but not very deep. So we didn't implement anything fully. It was everything was there in part. And the thing is, is that we were we were super happy with ourselves for what we'd achieved. We 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 built up a uh, a pirate sailing game that took place on an open procedural planet that had crafting and it had an inventory system and it had trading and it had buying and selling and it had boss monsters and it had missions and it had menus and it had enemy ships that would fire at you and you got into ship battles and it had music that would uh, that was programmed so it would turn on and off and all this kind of thing we were really really happy with what we built from a technical perspective but oh my word was it buggy oh <laughs> every especially when we took it to the i mean one of the big things for us we took it so part of transfuser we got to go to egx which is which i live so i'm i'm where i'm from in birmingham is about 50 minutes away from the nec and i'd never been to, to egx um which is i don't know how i managed that but i went we got to we got to go with transfuser um which was amazing and that, it was an amazing experience just being being there being there on the other side being there as, a, as part of the industry um was was a great mo great moment and we showed our game off to people and a lot of it was um a lot of the uh people that we showed it to encountered some bug sometimes the ship would sort of fly off into the air. Sometimes the camera would disappear under the water. Sometimes a crab would turn upside down and disappear or, or something, something weird would happen. And we were working, we worked. So uh, it started on, uh, EJX started on the Thursday. We were working until two o'clock in the morning on the Wednesday night trying to fix things. Then we were working until two o'clock in the morning on the Thursday night after it had started trying to fix things. Um, and it's just not, it's just not a way to go about it. It's not a way to go about it because we were, we were breaking as much as we were fixing. Um, but we were and remain very proud of the amount that we had built. It was technically impressive. Um, yeah, yeah. and we lost, we didn't win transfuser. There was of the, of the, uh, I think there were 16 teams. There were five selected to go through for further pitching and we weren't one of them. And at the time we were, we didn't understand. We were not, we thought, but our game is so is technically impressive and it's done all these great things. And, you know, at the, we, we were a bit mad really we were really because of how much of how much time and effort we put into it that we hadn't that we hadn't won and it took a long time sort of reflecting on it and looking at the game and looking at the people who did win and looking at other competitions and stuff and we realized over time that really there was a way there was a way for us to win but it wasn't that we were flawed because the game was flawed we were trying to build Especially when we, we realized when we went for funding, what the problem was is that we were trying to, to get the game to the stage we needed. We think, I think we, we estimated it was just under £200,000, which for a team that was a year old was just crazy. Um, and we realized that the mm -hmm. game was too big. The game was way too big for three people working on it. 
it was insanely big. And the fact that we managed to get as, done as much as we could was was great. Like, you know, we were really proud of that. But it was never going to win because it was always going to be buggy. And the thing is, is that what we should have been focusing on was the focus and the polish. We should have been going for what can we build that is this essentially this golden nugget of our idea. We have we have a bigger idea, and yeah, we can develop it afterwards and all this kind of thing. But we want to showcase something that goes, this is what's in our head. Exactly. Right. This is the this is the crystallized, um, rose-tinted, perfect moment that typifies what our game is. And that's what we should have been doing. Is focusing. We could have done it. if we just focused on one thing, if we'd gone, we're gonna build the best boss battle of our game. We could have made something that was maybe not technically as impressive, but visually, functionally, a hundred times more more impressive, and people would have walked away with knowing it, feeling like it was more impressive, because that's that is what we that is what it was trying to do. That's what Transfusion was trying to focus on. Let's go look. This is you have a time yeah. period to build yeah. something that's going to be a demo that you're going to show people, and you want to make them go, "Wow, look at that!" And you've got this really tiny window to do it in. So if you build if you build something because it was technically impressive, if you build something that takes an hour for them to go through every bit of technicality, and the, 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 they're not going to because it's not what people do. And if you, but if you focus on how you take, if they imagine they're going to sit for five minutes, you've got their focus for five minutes. How do you wow them in those five minutes? It would it would have changed everything, and that's what we took from it, and that's what we've learned, and that's why, and that's it's 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 a lesson that we st we're still learning because it's something it's 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 the it's an art for, form to be able to, to capture someone's attention in five minutes and go, I'm going to show you something that's going to make you go wow, and it's very hard, and it's something that we're learning now, yeah. but I think. The first step was learning that lesson. And now it's something that we focus on when we're building things now. So I mean, like in our current game, we spend a lot of effort. We spent a lot of time on the start of the game. How do we make that impressive? How do we make drag someone in and go, look at this game, isn't it great? Da -da -da, go, go, go. Um, because it's, it, it, but it's, 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 it's what we learned, a key lesson that we learned from Transfuser. So it's, it's sort of from yeah. when it stuck, from when it ended, we thought we'd it'd been, it got all gone wrong. But now looking back, we realized we'd, it hadn't gone wrong. We just didn't understand it. And now that we understand what yeah. it's, what we should have learned from it, we re we recognise the value of what we did. Yeah, and and that must apply in so many different places. From you know pitching a game to a publisher to much higher level awards to you know all sorts of different places that capturing attention right away, concentrating on one focused little part of the game. That's yeah, absolutely. That's I mean, lesson. so I. Um, in the last uh, month, I was one of the, the mentors on the uh, the Yuki student game jam. Um, and I was chatting to the, the, the teams that I was working with. And I said to them, the thing you've got to remember here is that what if you to win the, the jam and, and to succeed, you're building something that they're going to play for five, ten minutes. So your game may be the best game idea of all time, but you have five, ten minutes to prove that. So if you focus on what's going to happen after a half an hour, an hour, two hours, they're not going to see it. They're not going to see it because they could, because they don't have, they can't, they can't see it because they can't sit and play every game for two hours. And you've also only got, especially with game jam, you've only got a set amount of time to build it in. You can't build two hours worth of game, two hours worth of good polished game in 48 hours. Um, and it, well, you can, you can, but it's very difficult and you have to be, you have to be much better than I am to, to do that. Um, but yeah, Focus on those five, 10 minutes because you can build something that is impressive in for five, for five, 10, 15, 20 minutes. You can do it. It can be done. 
you've just got to really hone yourself down. And that's where the skill comes in. And that's where the expertise and the experience comes in of being able to take a five, 10 minute experience and turn it into something that somebody remembers. And one of my favorite, one of my favorite ever examples of that is yeah. uh, the game Super Hot. Because Super Hot is a game jam game that they put a game, they put it out as a, they, they made it in a game jam and they put out their demo on their website just for anyone to play. And I remember, I remember finding it through, and he was, it was on a, a website of like small fun games on the internet or something. Someone had found it and just linked to it. And I played it and I was like, and it was the first time I'd ever seen, I'd seen the time only moves when you do mechanic. And it had just been executed in this very simple, polished three levels. There you go. That's it. And it was, and I yeah. remembered it from then. From then, all I did was play it once, and I was like, "That's that's genius." And I showed it to people, and other people played it, <laughs> and I remembered the game. And when it came out on Kickstarter, I backed it because I was like, "It's it's just so clever, and it's so good." And now, look, we look at how successful it is in terms of VR and people playing it, and the DLC, and, and, and how incredibly that game has done. And that all came from this one game jam game with a team focused on. Yeah, they had an ingenious mechanic that at the time had not really been seen in the same way but they built a single polished experience and that led to everything that happened afterwards beta jester are currently working on a game called a robo basho it's a robot sumo wrestling game that's all about slamming into your opponents and smashing them out of the ring the idea was originally born during a game jam back in 2017 now since then the guys have sought to get as much feedback and do as much testing as they possibly can and they've got ambitious plans for that first iteration, which they hope to release this year. All right then, so Adam's given us loads of great advice around that early stage period of creating and growing a business. But I was curious to hear if, based on what he knows now, whether or not he planned to do anything differently going forward. A lot of our recent things has been to do because we've sort of hit into a period of stability, which we've never really had before. Now that we've hit stability, the next point is growth, looking at where do we want to be, where do we want to go? Um, and that's come from both, uh, both personally and as a business. And particularly looking at it as a, as a, from a, from a business perspective, uh, from a personal perspective, sorry, a huge part of that is how, what, what is it you want to achieve? What do you want to do? And how do you get there? So not long after we started making a Basho, we sort of had a conversation about, as a company, we didn't have a release game and, and, and the direction that I wanted to go and, and we wanted to go as a, as a company was we wanted to have something that we released. And we'd had so many sort of prototypes that had gone so far and then we'd looked for funding and then we hadn't found it. So then we just sort of put it on the back burner and we started the new idea and started the whole process again. The, we hadn't released we hadn't released anything and we because everything we were going for was too big or, or too dramatic so we decided that this was going to be the game that we published this was going to get published whether that was for the publisher whether we have to do it ourselves whatever it was it was going to be published and that's the that's the mentality that we've stuck to and it's taken it's going to it's originally we wanted to do it this uh, earlier this year and then we extended it because we realized the game we enjoyed making the game and it was going to need more time to do it which is we were fine with but we Decide, we sat, we decided what our goal was, we committed to that goal, and now everything that we do is focused on that end goal. And that's a huge part of it. It's 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 defining, it's like I said with, with specifications and with early work, defining the end 
and making that the end is hugely important for the process because only when you know where you're aiming for do you know how you're going to get there it's the same as all it's it's, it's a bit it's it's a lot of this stuff is the stuff that is known it's things like smart targets it's things like knowing if you just say i'm going to well i actually you know i'll give you a better example on the productivity thing i'm going to uh do more exercise it doesn't it doesn't mean anything because it, it's just it's a statement it's got no goal it's got no reasoning it's got no logic it's just i'm it's a thing that you say you're going to do whether you do it or not is a, is a whim of how productive you happen to be and how much you can convince yourself to do it at the time um i have never been a, a long distance runner i'm an i was an awful long distance runner but i accidentally i said accidentally i sort of signed myself up to a to a 10k because my partner was and i sort of said yeah yeah i'll do that and then realized with 12 weeks to go that i was gonna have to run 10 10 10 meters um but that thought <laughs> of if i do not train for this i will not i'm gonna look really silly was enough to make me start running to make me go to the gym which is something i'd never done before and start running and continue running until i could could run the distance that i needed to run and then I ran it, and I ran it in a time that was better than I even I expected myself to run it at. Um, but purely because I had that con that that end point, and those consequences for what happened if I didn't, that it changed my own mentality and made me do the things that I was putting off. Yeah. And it's it's a hard it's a hard yeah. hard game because you're having to commit yourself to things that you might not want. Like I had to commit myself to the ten. I had to commit myself to the ten k. Which is something I was, as someone who is not a long distance runner, was difficult. I had to accept the fact that if I didn't do the, the training that I need to do, I was going to look silly um, because I'd just be walking around it and I didn't want to do that. And then do the hard work that was involved. And what that's, what that's done now is change my mentality about how I want to do things. And I had some advice recently, which was about setting goals at three months. Because if you set a goal at a month, it's too soon and you won't get anything done. And if you make it a year, you're putting yourself pressure on yourself for a year and it's just, you don't need to do that to yourself. But at three months, you can get things done and in a reasonable time frame to, to see some progress. So right now I'm setting myself goals because and, and creating consequences for myself. So I'm telling uh, I'm telling my partner, I'm trying to tell people about what my goals are because then when I do them, when I when I get to that point, I have to have done them because otherwise I'm gonna I'm gonna make myself look silly by saying, Oh yeah, I didn't actually do it. And I don't want that. I want to have achieved the things that I'm setting out to achieve. But it's a it's a long, long game that can will continue for, for the rest of the rest of time for everyone, all of us is to is just to make ourselves more productive and achieve things. Um but now that we've got past the point of looking day to day and how do we you know buy get enough money together to to pay for bread and pay for rent and all this kind of thing and now start to look at where do we want to go and what do we want to do the question of how do we get to where we're going becomes much more important and that's where productivity and focus and where it's better concerned focused effort and where it's important to put time in and where you can let things go and all this kind of thing comes in uh, becomes more important Thanks for listening to the first season of Inside Indie Games. And I've got just one ask for you just now. Find us on Twitter at UK Games Fund and tell us who you want to hear on a future episode. We'll do our best to track them down and bring them on. And if you want to find out more about us too, hop over to UKGamesFund.com. See you on the next episode. <laughs>